Good morning, grappling fans. Welcome back to another episode of Who's Number One? Landmark episode, episode number 10. Well done, gentlemen. On my right here, we have Michael Sears, the brainchild behind all this madness here, calling in from the snowy north, Ricardo Amendolia. And in the back, we have the stats machine, Ryan Smith. Good morning, everyone. What's the word? What's going on today? Uh, nothing much. Sorry, a little late, guys. They had uh, Ben Askren over on FRL for the first time this week, and they got a little excited and ran uh, over their time limit. But uh, all right, so we got a lot coming up. Things are about to get crazy for January. A lot of events this month. What do you want to get, get to first? Well, I think we should definitely uh, jump right back into who's number one, remind people of the of the main events. We announced them last week, but it's important to keep plugging away, getting that hype there because, man, I am so excited. It's our first show. You know, we, we, we really have been putting in the hours there, putting this thing together. It's going to be in Costa Mesa, California. You, you can attend it live. Uh, tickets are available at Flow Grappling Ticks. That's T I X dot com. And uh, Michael, tell us a little about who's number one and, and who we're going to see there. Yeah, it's uh, sort of an idea we stole from Flow Wrestling, where they have the best uh, high schoolers wrestle each other. We're having the best color belts go against each other, but we added a couple. Uh, we have like twelve or thirteen color belt fights with people top in the rankings, but we have a couple really big uh, main events that we're excited for. Uh, first off, we got Nicholas Marigali versus Victor Hugo. Nicholas, obviously black belt world champ, two times. Uh, you know, 79% submission rate in his career, total monster. Uh, going up against Victor Hugo, who did a double grand slam at Brown Belt last year. Uh, won in his weight in the open class at every major IBJJF. And submitted Cyborg recently in Nogi Worlds. Second uh, fight is going to be Keenan Cornelius versus Roberto Jimenez. I think it'll be Roberto's black belt debut most likely, and it's a tough test for him going up against Keenan. Yeah, those are a couple of gangbuster matches. Ricardo, give me, give me your thoughts on who's number one and, and, uh, and those main events there that we were just talking about. Yeah, I think that, uh, first off, hello, guys. Uh, we good mo- really good morning, yeah. I'm throwing you right getting... into the hot good seat. Morning. Now, you've done this to me before. Coming to you live from Ontario, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Canada. Yeah, you guys, you're, twist- you're, you're spinning it a little. Okay, all right. I'm, I, I can I'm on handle. the attack anyways, this morning, Ricardo. Be ready. It's all good. It's all good. So, anyways, who's number one? Great concept. Uh, works in wrestling, apparently. Uh, I've, I'll admit that I haven't really watched it live, but when I see the highlights, I was like, oh, man, what is this cool wrestling event? I had no idea what it was, and it turns out it was just high school wrestlers and collegiate wrestlers and all that. So, really cool concept. We're going to be displaying some of the top blue, purple, and brown belts across uh, pretty much across the globe. And then the main events, you know, two of the, I think these are two of the greatest super fights we can you know kick the year off with you know marigali we got keenan we got victor we got roberto four of the hottest names in the sport right now how could this go wrong it's gonna be fireworks uh can't wait to be there it's only a uh a stone throws away from aoj and uh, costa area so hopefully i get to maybe get a day to go up and train a little bit with y'all get my revenge on the muskrat over there with my bear and bolo attacks but oh, yeah hopefully it's out. gonna be a spicy i'm calling you out I'm calling you out. We're going to fix your game, Mr. Muskrat Chase Smith. <laughs> hey, many have tried. Few have succeeded. I still am terrible. Um, yeah, so actually, it's just one month away from today. It's uh, February 8th. Yeah. Today is January 8th. So, uh, of course, we'll be keeping you guys updated on any any car changes, updates, and such on the website yeah. and social media. And, uh, yeah, anything else you want to add there before we move on? Yeah, speaking of uh, AOJ, i got some studs coming from there. we got a whole bunch of their youngsters. got Jessica Khan, Kobate, Tynan. we got some tr- bunch bunch of guys coming up from dream art some really good color belts if you're going if you're gonna be in town for kids pants a good time to check it out it's the same weekend and yeah when we made these super fights the four guys in the main event they go for the submission these are all guys who are finishers these guys these guys are all guys that have exciting fights as we look at roberto either he loses or he taps somebody nicholas like we said 79 percent submissions victor hugo's tapped so many people last year and already at black belt a lot and then keenan keenan gets a lot of subs too so i think it's guaranteed to be exciting fights Come on, check it out. Fight to Win is going to be doing the production. It's going to be a good show. It's going to be going to be a good time. Absolutely cannot wait. And uh, on other event news, uh, we're very happy to say that Kasai will be continuing to be on the Flow Grappling platform. Uh, their first event of 2020 goes down uh, less than a month away, actually, February 1st. And that is a stacked, stacked lineup. We have names like uh, Cyborg is in, Vinny Magalhaes, uh, Bruno Bastos, Nicky Rod is back. Uh, and Joao Gabriel Hosha and actually Ryan and I are going up to Dallas next week to film with uh, with Joao Gabriel and, and Formiga. That should be a good time. 
But uh, Kasai is always a great time. You've been to a Kasai show, right, Michael? No, I haven't worked any Kasai shows. You've never yet. been to no. a Kasai in person yet. Man, it's an experience. Ricardo, I know you've been out to a few. Uh, what can fans expect from, from Kasai coming, into, coming to Dallas in a few weeks here? Yeah, Kasai is, you know, first off, the updates. Uh, you guys mentioned it. Don't forget we have Hulk, uh, who's going to be replacing Kynan, I believe, to be officially confirmed soon. And I believe Hanato and Dante are fighting in a rematch, one of the most exciting matches of last year. But Kasai is awesome. Uh, I love the rule set. Incorporates, you know, points for submission attacks as well as the contemporary rules, but also allows the heel hooks, score, you know, creates a lot more scrambles. So we kind of see the best of everything in the, the event. It's got that really cool vibe to it. Um, you know, love Kasai. Can't wait to see it go down. We got uh, some killers in there. Cyborg, yeah. Nikki Rod, potential rematch there. And uh, Chase, I want to hear you pronounce Vinny Magalesh's Uh Yeah, last you know, name. I'm going to pass on that. You know, I think I, I managed to, to slide <laughs> that by. I used to live on a street with that name in, in Rio. I still, my wife ridicules me for not being able to say that word. I can't say it. Magalize, is that how you say it, Ricardo? Yeah, yeah, that's how we think it's said. But then, like, there's a little roll to the tongue that's in there that's impossible right. for gringos to do. Uh, we got Mega Gaudio in there. We got super heavyweight Patrick Gaudio. This guy is super heavy for Euros. He's he's a monster now. I, I really like a Nick a Nicky Rod Cyborg rematch. You know that there's they want to run that one back. Yeah. JGR. I mean, this is a guy who had to sit out of ADCC. Kind of uh, a heartbreaking end of the year for yeah. him to get set of worlds as well. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy who could take this thing. Vinny's always getting the subs. That's a great. That's a great bracket. Now let me put this to you guys. Hold, hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. Okay. We got two nicknames that just emerged in 2020, JJR and Mega Gaudio. Thank you very much, Michael Sears. JJR, That's awesome. Yeah, Mega Gaudio. He is Mega Gaudio. This guy was medium heavyweight like a couple years ago. You know? Threw a couple Cs on the end of that. He's yeah, he, he missed thick. weight at 94 kilograms <laughs> at the Rio Grande Slam. <laughs> Um, now, if we were to design the, the groups ourselves, would you put Nicky Rod and Cyborg in the same group? To guarantee that they met, or would you see yeah, if they would meet in the final? Yeah. I kind of want to see that match, so I'm just maybe putting the vibe out. What's the word? The uh, the abundance theory. If I if I ask for it, it'll come to me. Maybe it will come to Kasai. Maybe we'll see uh, Cyborg and Nicky Rod. We got Nicky Rod on fight to win this month too. That's right. Victor Hugo. He's fighting Victor Hugo on uh, what? The Is that one thirty five? Yeah, one thirty five. One thirty five. Yes. This weekend, Benson Henderson, exciting one. Benson Henderson Nogi match with Marcio Andre. You know, it's a clash of styles. You got an MMA, you know, UFC world champ versus an IBJJF Nogi world champ in Marcio Andre. That should be an exciting one. Also, Antunes versus the Honey Badger. Got a little Honey Badger action going down this weekend. It's a gi match, 125 pound. Uh, the title is on the line. Oh, there. that's gi. Okay. Interesting. We also have uh, Jake Watson, who I think is on every fight to win for the next six months. Uh, that <laughs> that dude just doesn't stop competing. Uh, he's taking on Arnaldo Maidana. That's a tough match, 200 pounds, gi. Yeah. Um, but as always, fight to win is is keeping that thing cranking. They are going every single weekend from here on out uh, to the end of days, and we'll keep you updated on all the fun cards. But yeah, one. 34 is the next event in Scottsdale, Arizona. If you've never been to a fight to win, by the way, it really is the biggest party in grappling. You know, it is it is fun. You you want to take people that don't even train to that and uh, expose them to kind of what high intensity, high action jiu-jitsu can be. It's a, it's a great time. So shout out to Seth for always putting together a, a fun affair there and keeping people interested in professional jiu-jitsu. Um, with that, I guess there's a little bit of current news here. We could talk about uh, there's a major rules change for the AJP Tour just announced recently. They, they ran it uh, for the first time in Rio for, I believe, just the, the King of Mats event. But they've extended it now to the Grand Slam events. And the big change I'm referring to is there are no more penalties or advantages. They are instead counted as points. Now, Ricardo, can you maybe take us through some of the finer uh, details of what I'm talking about here? Yeah, so um, we saw the rule change come out yesterday, I believe, and everyone was kind of talking about it on social media. Um, I reached out to Rodrigo Valerio from the AJP Tour to kind of clarify. And basically, this was, a, this was an initiative from the chairman of the UAE, JGF, uh, the chairman, Abdul Manan. Sorry if I pronounce, mispronounce the name, but he's one of the guys that oversees the UAE, JGF, and AJP Tour, as well as the other federations from Abu Dhabi. And the whole idea of the rule change is to force the action and promote professionalism. Of course, the World Pro and the AJP Tour are professional events. So with these rule changes, you know, 
I, like any rule change in any sport, there's always going to be some backlash and criticism. Before we get ahead of ourselves, there, Ricardo, changes, what are, what are yeah, the rule yeah. changes? Because we haven't really described them okay. too, too clearly yet. Okay, my bad. So first of all, no more advantages. They'll just be one point. Now, the referee will still do that, you know, karate chop, karate chop action advantage signal, but the scoreboard will just treat it as one point. The idea was to not confuse some of the spectators, but also promote more action. What I was told was at the Rio Grand Slam, it, it definitely did that. It promoted a lot more action. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, another thing is they're they're trying, you know, the basic concept of this is to take away the referee's decision. So at the end of the regulation time, which has been reduced to five minutes, something that Bear from Shoy Rolls has been promoting for a while. I guess he's got some influence in Abu Dhabi. But anyways, um, they promoted it to, they pushed it to five minutes. And um, at the end of the five minutes, if it's a draw, it goes to golden score. Now, if the golden score, which will be one minute, if nobody scores there, whoever scored last in the match gets the win. So there'll be no more, you know, opinionated decisions. There'll be no more controversies. It's just you you go there, and if you fight and you score, you win. Is it correct that also uh, a penalty point is no longer a negative point for yourself, but it is a positive point for your opponent? Is that how that works as well? Correct. To me, that's the yes, biggest correct. change, actually. Yeah. That, that, that really I, changes the game. Man. I like that. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of uh, – I didn't realize that there was last score criteria, which I'm a huge supporter of last score criteria. Uh, we uh, put that in it for who's number one. We're going IBJJF rules with last score criteria. Uh, it's used in freestyle wrestling, and it makes the match really exciting because somebody's always losing. With last score criteria, there's no such thing as, as a tie match. Somebody's always down. Somebody's always got to push the pace, and uh, you know that makes that last minute exciting. Uh, I just wish everybody would come together. We we need we need less rules. It's it's too this it's too hard for the sport to grow, and every organization is different. I, maybe one day we'll see we'll see a, where we get to a place like wrestling or MMA where everybody everybody's got the same rules, but it, it makes it really hard to uh, judge things when everybody's doing something different. I would like to see. Uh, I I really like the points for submission attempts. I don't know about like like do you get a point for coming up on a double guard pull? Is that how that works? I guess maybe that's all right to to avoid the guard. Yeah, point, but advantage, advantage, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, like like a yeah. point for a point for a near sweep seems a little weird to get half as much for a, just like sitting up as actually yeah, but, like fighting for a single leg and finishing the the sweeper takedown. But but think about think about this though: if you got a point for coming up off a double guard pull, you're going to be coming up way quicker. Yeah, we're going to yeah. see less DQs. Yeah, Theoretically, I, I like that. If it gets um, rid of the double guard pull, yeah, double guard pull penalty situation is one of the worst things yeah. in jiu-jitsu. Everyone can agree on that. <laughs> I think I think the thing is, like I was saying earlier, anytime that you want to professionalize or make something mainstream, you got to make some changes. Um, the AJP Tour, the UAEJGF, is all about professional jiu-jitsu. And this is just one of those things. Like, I don't know. Like, is it is it is it so bad to see that they're going to be uh, awarding points? Like, I mean, one of the one of the theories that they were saying was, you know, look at a match where a guy gets like eleven advantages, the other guy gets one sweep and stalls out with his two point lead. Did he really win? You know what I mean? Like, what if the other guy tried to submit him? So I kind of get it. Um, I like I like change in the sport. I like seeing it. Do I think it's the best? It remains to be seen. Uh, I, I want to see it go down and see how it plays out before I really criticize it. But it, it, this is a necessity in any sport to evolve. There's got to be change. There's going to be some situations like, like if I get five advantages, should that like outscore like me taking the back or getting the mount? I don't, I don't know about that. But I mean, I, I mean, sure, I'm sure they'll tweak it and figure something out. Uh, I've always. I'd like to see this rule set with getting re- with just having the advantages, the point advantages for submission attempts. That's what I'd like to see. That'd be cool. Really, really get them to push the uh, the submission attempts. Man, the five minute match thing is also pretty pretty insane. That's a really short match, and when you when half these guys are splitting their schedule between the IBJJF and AJP, I mean those are radically different times. We're talking ten or half five much. minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that really to me changes the strategy you have to employ. So, for the f- so ahead, there's Carter. a reason for that. I want to. Yeah. So what happened was. What I was told was that the Rio Grand Slam, they implemented the new scoring, but they didn't change the rules. And what they found was by the time the guys were getting to the finals, they were dead. 
So they decrease the time because the point system now, it, it promotes activity. And what I understand, what a lot of the referees and coaches, they saw a lot more active matches, a lot more people actually fighting as opposed to just like, scoring and stalling out so it promotes activity and as a result these guys are getting tired fighting for eight minutes or six minutes or whatever it was so they reduced it by one minute now it's five minute matches until the finals the finals will be eight minute matches which is interesting all right what's wrestling michael is it three minute three minute rounds it depends uh i think freestyle right now is three and three two three minute rounds it's a you know college is uh shorter but uh yeah, I, I, we'll see. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll, I mean, I guess they got the AJP. They'll be using it for the Queen of Match next week. Uh, we'll see how it goes. And uh, I like the idea of last score criteria. They got an overtime going. I like the idea of getting away from refs' decisions because you just see, you, I, you, I've never seen a refs' decision where somebody didn't get screwed over. Right? Somebody always gets screwed over in every refs' decision. So it's, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. I think that's uh, probably enough discussion there on AJP. We're really excited that I always see the sport changing and evolving. It keeps it interesting, keeps it fresh. But um, on to the 2020 Gi season then. Just two weeks away, less than two weeks away, we'll see the kickoff of the IBJJF 2020 European Championships. We'll all be out there in Lisbon, Portugal. Uh, one of my favorite tournaments of the year. So much fun. There's always some kind of new emerging storyline that no one can predict that happens. Last year we saw Levi Jones Leary kind of take the world by storm, winning Europeans, beating Lucas Lepre. Um, but there's always, always something in the mix. This year, all eyes, I think, are on the roosterweight division with names like Bruno Maffacini, Mikey Musumeci, and, and Talson Soares in there, among yeah. many others. It's there's all uh, ranked guys, right? It's pretty crazy. Right now at roosterweight, there's nine guys registered. When I checked this morning, all nine of them are ranked to the top 20. Seven of them are, are ranked to the top 10. I'm thinking with the way seating works, Talison doesn't have those grand slam points. I think he's going to get either Bruno or uh, Bruno or Mikey in the quarters. I think we're going to see an early matchup there between. That's uh, it's going to be good. Roosterweight's going to Roosterweight's better than ever in my opinion. Yeah, and the event in general is really filling out. I believe is tomorrow the last day to register. I think that might be the case. Uh, correct I think me. Friday. If, I think Friday. Maybe it's Friday. Uh, but we have names like Johnny Grippo is in. Uh, I see D- Doderline. The Vikings just signed up as Tommy Langacker and Espen Matiasen. Uh Keenan will be there. It, it is a stacked. It's event. actually Saturday. So they can register until Saturday. They can Monday. register until Saturday. Yeah, but it's uh, at like eighty-eight percent or something. It'll probably sell out before that. We got Jackson Souza in the mix. But anyway, stay tuned for full division breakdowns coming very soon. As soon as those divisions close up, we'll be giving guys all the analysis and in-depth previews for that tournament. Uh, we're chomping at the bit to do that. But in general, we can definitely talk about the state of the union, state of affairs, and give us a, an overview of the season as a whole. Michael, you've been doing the previews for us the last couple of weeks here, really knocking those out. Let's, uh, let's continue on down that road. We left off at middleweight last week. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Middleweight's probably the deepest division this year. Uh, if you guys want to check out the actual written previews, if you're uh, one of those Jiu-Jitsu fans who knows how to read and appreciates that type of thing, uh, I've written like 20,000 words on uh, division previews for this season. So, But middleweight, it's crazy. If you look at the top, man, you got Iago D'Souza, 16, Dante Leone, 17 ranked at this weight. That's how deep this weight is. Uh, something to consider going into it before we get going. Uh Jonatas Gracie, who's ranked at middle, is signed up at light right now for Euros. So he might be a lightweight. We'll see if he makes that weight. He's been a lot bigger than that for the last couple of years. And uh, Vitor Oliveira is also signed up at light for for uh, Euros. So there's a couple he guys. He bounces all over the place. Vitor Oliveira has fought like a middle heavy. Yeah, one, <laughs> one, one year he took third at Worlds at uh, lightweight and then did Master Worlds at medium heavy a couple months later. So, yeah, he's all over. But those two are going to be a force at lightweight if they stay down there, if they can make the weight. But let's just look at uh, – just look at look at the, some of these names at the top of, of middleweight. Gabriel Aragis, Izaki Baez, the last two world champs. Hibamar just beat Izaki not too long ago. Marcos Tinoco's on the podium of Worlds every year. Jaime Canuto also on the podium of Worlds every year. You got Ronaldo Jr. It's really going to be a force there. He's at Euros. When I was reading this article, you know this division is crazy stacked when Ronaldo doesn't even have a picture in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's like, how crazy this division is. Ronaldo's like, a beast, man. Otavio Souza, Mauricio Oliveira, somebody you can't count. Michael Liera. Gucci Barboza, who I think will be middle for Euros, probably drop down later on. JT's in there. JT told me he doesn't know yet, lightweight or middleweight. He did middleweight last year. But whichever way he goes, he's a force. Tommy Langacker, the Viking. Claudio Calasanz. Like, this weight is crazy, man. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think 
What do you think about uh, Ronaldo as a first-year black belt? Ricardo, what do you think there? I think he can he can be the disruptor in that entire division. He can take out pretty much anyone there. You know, he has a good chance of. Um, I mean, Nikesh, his pace is insane. He's just got such an amazing game. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see him at first year black belt against that division. But don't count him out. Like that's the thing, guys. There's just too many guys in this division to say who's. There's no real favorite. But I will say, Gabriel Arden, right? In my opinion, is he fighting Europeans? He's not, he's for, not in for Euros uh, for yet. We'll see. But. Okay, but I, I think that Gabriel is going to come this year and really, really, um, you know, I think that, you know, he lost that ADCC. Um, I have a feeling that this is going to be Gabriel's year. He's going to come back and really show everyone, you know, what he's made of. But there's just so many good guys. It's really hard to pinpoint one guy. But I, I think Gabriel is going to kind of put the emphasis and do all the things he needs to get done to make it his year again. Yeah, I mean, he won it last year. He beat Izaki in the, uh, the final at Worlds. Uh, I think the story sort of here is, can there's a lot of uh, high-paced guys. You got Tommy Espen's actually coming up there too. You got Ronaldo, uh, Mauricio. Uh, I think sort of the story. Argus and Izaki are such great tacticians. They beat people strategically. Like these, they slow these guys down. These Dantes, these Tommies, these guys, and uh, they're really good at fighting their way through an IBJJF tournament. Can somebody put it together and and take one of those guys out? Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I mean, Argus is the only guy, by the way, who who beat Isaac. I think all season last year. Yeah, Zach, uh, and had had two wins. He beat him at King of Mats in January, and then again at Worlds. Zaki won Pans and won uh, Euros at this weight. Uh, Brazileiro champ was uh, Octavio Souza. Beat Claudio Calasanz in the final. You got some really good young guys coming in. Ronaldo could do some waves. It's technically Mauricio Oliveira's second year, but Mauricio took. One world that blue, purple, brown took a year off. He could, uh, he beat Levi already at black belt. He could do some damage. Hibamar, I think this might be a year that we yeah. see Hibamar in the gi take a uh, a Grand Slam title in the IBJJF potentially. He's doing euros at medium heavy. He's told me he's dropping back down the middle after. Hibamar just got he beat Ronaldo at the Grand Slam. He beat Azaki. I think he beat Tanoko too. He beat a lot of good people there. But yeah, it's, it's got to be Gabriel's right now. You got to be looking at his Gabe. Is Gabriel's the guy, right? Right below him is Azaki. Won it two years ago. Won everything besides. I mean, Azaki. What he he lost that match right right near the end. Yeah, it was. Yeah, like an advantage. An advantage at yeah, the yeah. at the end, I believe. Correct. He's right there with him. So you got to be. That's that's your top tier, in my opinion. Gabriel and Azaki. We're seeing them go to go to battle right here. This is the the world's final. Um, there's a few minutes left, and they were really stuck in this position, which. Both guys excel yeah, at really. Yeah, they're fifty fifty guys, both of them. That's that's how they beat these guys. They slow down these athletes with their fifty fifty game. I mean, it's not like they don't go for subs. Gabriel subs a lot of people. They're not just like fifty fifty stall guys. Gabriel subs a lot of people. We saw Izaki uh Toho Jamie Canudo in the semis this year. Oh yeah, it's a brutal, brutal yeah. finish. But uh you got okay, you're right there. I think your top tier is Gabriel and Izaki. Those are the the prime guys at this weight right now. I mean they won the last two. I'm gonna worlds. say top Top tier of those two, but top two disruptors for the division is Tommy and Ronaldo Jr. Yeah, you know, I agree. Tommy can submit anyone at any point. You know, he's he just because he's got that style, he just goes for it. He's not a points player. I mean, he can do it, but he's so loose and open, and he just keeps getting more confident as he gets older. And a guy like Ronaldo, people are not really going to be used to his game and his pace. So I could see those two, uh, you know, really, really disrupting the division this year. And then under them, you got some vets, man, who are just like Jaime Canute. Okay, you got Hibamar right there ready to break through. He's beaten a lot of good people. He just hasn't he his he hasn't won a big tournament in the gi yet, really. He won no gi worlds recently, but you got Jaime Canuto and Tinoco. Can they get it done? They've made the semifinals, I think, both three years in a row at Worlds. So they're consistent. They're right up there. Otavio Souza's still a I mean, one Brazileto this year. I mean, you can't count Otavio out. If JT is there, JT is a force. JT uh, jumped into things late last season and had a bad seed and fought Izaki in the uh, quarterfinals, remember? But if JT's and Tommy, Tommy, what, a couple years ago got the, DQ, the basically submission DQ over Argus. Took silver to Isaac. Uh, they battled tapped, a couple times. Tapped Tanoko in that same bracket. Yep. 
Yeah, middle middleweight is a is a crazy stacked division, always is, and uh, I love all the different storylines from established vets like, like Gabriel and the up and coming guys. Yeah, it's gonna be a great we're, time. We're gonna get a good preview of uh, a little bit of some, uh, of some stuff at uh, Euros where we have Ronaldo in there, and then both of the Vikings, Espen and Tommy. Espen's at middleweight now. He's uh, obviously a, a world bronze medalist at lightweight. He's going up to middleweight for this year, so we're gonna have to see. Ronaldo's gonna have to beat both of those guys to to win the tournament. So Very cool. Be pretty interesting. I mean, you know, those are three guys that don't do not have boring matches. Like, no, that's a, that, that's yeah. the greatest thing. Ronaldo is so fun to watch, and so it's going to be Ronaldo's going to be running wild on them. Uh, and can they take his back? Can Basically, they get the back two, two, two times in a row, and their back takes are so slick, man. I mean, they're both probably top five back takers in the game. So wouldn't wouldn't count them out. Hopping over then to the women's middleweight division, uh, you have entitled this. It's all baby here. It's baby. That's Anna Carolina Vieira's division. She uh, she's won that three years in a row. Do you see things changing this year? What's the status, Michael? No, no. She said she's coming back. Uh, she's uh, won it three years in a row, and she hasn't just been winning it. She's been winning it easily. She's been just stomping everybody. Uh, nobody's really been close with her in this division. It sort of feels like she cleared it out. I mean, Laura Halleck took second to her at uh, Pans and Worlds this year. But we're going to have some new blood in this division this year. We have so, uh, some really good uh, first-year black belts in there. you got Tamara Ferreira. What do you call her, Ricardo? Queen of the armbar. Queen, Queen of the, the armbar, arm you whatever got you want to say. <laughs> yeah. You know, Tamara's really good. You got uh, Julia Boster too, who's sort of tomorrow's rival at, at the brown belt level, and uh, both of them in there are going to make this division more exciting because it sort of feels like the last couple of years, like people have cleared out there because they know Anna Carolina is unstoppable. But now you're going to have more people in there. It's, it, it should be more exciting. You get some good girls in there. You got Hanata Mourinho, Jessica Swanson, Cal Canudo, Sam Cook, Laura Halleck. I mean, you can't understand her. She took second. I mean, she took second at Pans and World. She obviously has a lot to make up to catch up with baby there but yeah i mean it's anna carolina's division no question and uh we'll see if one of these newcomers can shake things up well said it's hard to argue against a three-time three three-peat champion to to doubt them in the future there moving on then to the men's medium heavyweight division uh question mark remains will felipe pena return to medium heavy what's everyone's thoughts on that he told me no he told me he's there going up go. yeah he said he's going up uh i think i think we'll see him at heavyweight but uh he said potentially super heavyweight which, which is interesting that's a, that's a big felipe yeah, pena he's lifting some weight yeah he's taking some creatine or something but uh uh i think we'll probably see him at heavyweight which, which will make that division even crazier but it really opens things up here who else do you got near the top of the rankings at, uh, at medium heavy right now? It's a bit of an Atos logjam there. We saw Gustavo Batista and Lucas Hulk Barbosa. They closed out a few events last year, if yeah. I remember correctly. Well, they closed out Worlds two years ago in this weight right. when, when, when Pena won heavyweight. Uh, at Worlds in 2019, uh, Bergini took second to Pena. Uh, Hulk went out early. Who did uh, – who did – who knocked out Hulk? Mateus? Mateus Denise did, Mateus Denise Fi- knocked him finally out. Finally did it because I think Hulk had a couple wins over him in the Mate- past. Mateus Denise, another vet that's right. He's just like just like his teammate Tinoco at middle. Like, he's been right there, you know, taking third, uh, having tough matches with the best guys in the division. Can he get it done this this year? And if with pain is up, it, it might be the time to get it done because Felipe's – he looks sort of unbeatable at this weight. Hudson is another guy. Uh, a lot of uh, newcomers here. It's not quite as deep as middleweight, but near the top, there's some killers. Like Hulk and, Hulk and Bergenia both won open classes in the IBJJF last year. Yeah, if there's no, if there's no uh, Felipe Pena, you have to argue those two guys are the favorites to uh, get to the final together and close out. That just seems like a pretty yeah. pretty strong scenario there. But I mean, Mateus has beat uh, Hulk before. Hudson's beat Bergenia before. You can't count out those guys. Ricardo, what's your, we're taking all, all this madness here. I think um, if Pena is out, Hudson, look up for Hudson to really, you know, hit the top of the podium this year in a lot of divisions. I think that Hudson, we talked about Tamara being the queen of the armbar. Hudson's the king of the armbar right now. You know, he's got so many armbar submission wins. It's insane. He beat Gutenberg with an armlock at fight to win, which was crazy. I, I, I did not expect that to happen. Um, so I think that he could be a big disruptor in that division. Uh, but, you know, guys like Hulk and Braguia. It's going to be tough. It's going to be, you know, going to be a tough one this year. Yeah, Hudson with that that fifty fifty arm lock. That's one of the uh, 
nominees for the Flow Grappling Awards tomorrow, actually, is uh, a, a brutal arm lock he had on Gutenberg. And he's had so many in his career. Uh, he he's struggled with Bergenia a little bit in his last couple matches at Black Belt. But Bergenia is someone that I believe Hudson owned him sort of at the color belts, and then Bergenia sort of turned it around. But Hudson had, had sort of an off year in his second year at Black Belt, and I think I think he was dealing with some injuries. I think maybe this year might, we might see him turn it around. And uh, I'm from what I've heard, I haven't confirmed with him directly. I think we're going to see him at Euros. He'd be the favorite to win that Euros bracket. It doesn't look like the Atos guys are in there yet either. But, uh, yeah, I think it's coming down to this division, the Atos duo, Hulk and uh, Bergenia. Or, uh, I mean, who knows, maybe Hulk goes up in weight because he's been pretty big lately. Or Hudson or Mateus Denise. Absolutely. Got a couple new guys, though, in there. We have Jake Watson, uh, who is a strong competitor. Had some wars with Ronaldo Jr. back at the brown belt level. Beat Orlando Montero at the Long Beach Open. Exactly. Jake Watson is definitely a dark horse of the division. Uh, Orlando Montero himself, uh, Europeans champ, right there at the top um, for a few years now. I want to say three years, maybe two years um, at the black belt level. He is someone to keep an eye on. Uh, We have other people like DJ Jackson, Matthias Luna. Which DJ, you don't ever know what weight class that yeah, guy's he, gonna, he, he's, and he's looking in, lean right now. So yeah, he's knows. living in Thailand too, so who knows if he's even going to be in the mix. But, but still, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of fun scenarios here uh, potentially playing out at medium heavyweight. I'm looking forward to seeing um, all those guys back in action, especially Matthias Denise. He's so fun to watch, and he's such an aggressive, aggressive beast. Um, but let's kick it on over then to the women's uh, middle heavyweight division here. We... Uh, have a, a new champ last year, right? And Andressa Sintra uh, kind of pulled off the upset there, took the back of Luisa Montero and uh, got the finish, right? Yeah. I mean, sort of came out of – I wouldn't say come out of nowhere, but there was definitely a big upset. I mean, Luisa was a two-time world champ going into this match. And uh, for Andressa to get – Ryan, do you have the clip of when Andressa got the back take? Uh, yeah, it's up. All right, yeah, there we go. So when Andressa – here we go. She gets to the back. This was – this sort of shocked everybody. Uh, and, I mean – you got to favor her because she's a returning world champ. But, I mean, Louise is also a two-time world champ. Somebody who's registered in this weight at medium heavy who f- just fluctuates all over the place is uh, Claudia Duvall. Claudia Duvall could be a, a force here. Uh, but I think it's going to come down. I don't know if Monique Elias competes. you got some good uh, – you got Maggie and Veda, first-year girls. But I think it's coming down to Andressa, Louisa, or Claudia. Yeah, yeah I, I think uh, – sorry, go ahead. I was just saying we should definitely wait for this uh, clip to play out here before we move on. It's an impressive back take. So go ahead, Ricardo. Keep going. Well, uh, prior to this match, do you guys know uh, had Luisa and Adressa faced off before? Off the top of my head, I, I, don't, don't, I don't believe so. Do not think so. Okay. So that being said, um, Luisa has just got so much experience at Black Belt. Um, training with one of the best teams, you know, Adressa, obviously she has amazing coaches and team as well, but I'm looking to see Louisa make a big comeback and uh, she's going to do the right homework to, to come back and defeat Adressa if they ever compete against each other. And Louisa is just, she's just so, uh, she's so diverse, you know, and, and something like that, you know, that there was just some mistake that she made that she's going to fix. She's going to do what needs to be done. So I'm looking for Louisa for the big comeback for this year. Yeah, I think – I mean, even though Andressa won it last year, you got to favor – I mean, Louisa just won the Queen of Match, too. Had some big wins there. you got to think Louisa's – got to favor Louisa going into the year. Uh, but I, I think we're going to have three world champs here next year. It's gonna, it should be pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Maggie Grindotti's impact on the division. You know, she's been a, a force of, at Brown Belt, and uh, I believe she's won every uh, belt level at, at Worlds – consecutively years in a row so blue purple and brown uh three years running which is kind of amazing i mean that's a huge deal and uh, might get overlooked a little bit but uh she's for sure someone that has a strong chance at, at shaking things up in the division and making her uh, name known and here's that back take that we've been waiting for here yeah there she goes she gets to the back all right you ready to move on to the heavyweight division men's heavyweight this is this is probably this might be the division I'm most excited about going into the year. You got Kynan Duarte, number one pound for pound in the world. Reigning champ here. He won basically everything except for Brasileiro. Unbelievable. He passed Leandro Lowe's guard in, in, in the final. I mean, he won the Spider Invitational, won 100K there, won uh, Euros, Pans. Uh, 
Also in there, you got Leandro Lowe, six-time world champ. We'll see if Leandro can turn it back around. A big, uh, a couple big disruptors here. Keenan Cornelius. He sat out the weight division at Worlds after hurting his ribs in the absolute, where he looked good. He beat Marigali, lost the ref's decision a little. Also, I think we're going to see Flapey playing it here. Those top four, there's a lot of other good guys, but Kynan, Lowe, Keenan, Pergisa. That's wild. That's a wild lineup. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's hard to bet against Kynan in this scenario. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm not betting yeah. against Kynan anymore, but Keenan's beat him a couple times. It's He's true. never fought Pergisa. Ah, yeah, but when they, Keenan beat him, they were when Keenan beat him, they were, they were teammates. teammates. Yeah, yeah. Eh, you know, like things are different now. I, yeah, yeah. I think and, and kind is not the same. Kind kind was a, like a, a no. brown belt for one of those. Yeah, yeah. And when I say that they were teammates, I'm not saying that oh it was fixed or anything like that or nothing like that. I just mean it's a little different when you're fighting a teammate. I believe I believe than when you're fighting somebody that's on, especially in a city rival. Now, um, you know, yeah. there's a little bit of heat going online these days, but. I think that uh, I think it's going to be a different match, you know. I think there's going to be a little bit of a different attitude from both competitors if they face off again. But I think that you know it's a question mark. Keenan just opened his new gym. We all saw that. Um, he doesn't have the same amount of high quality training partners as he did before. So it, it is a question mark. We don't know how that's going to affect him going into this next uh, season. I mean, he certainly. Didn't look like he missed a beat at Worlds beating Marigali. You know, he was able to go to Gracie Baja. He was able to train with some new guys. He did what he had to do to get ready. But I guess we'll we'll really understand how good Keenan is truly going to be after Europeans going into the season. And, you know, talking about low, you never know with low. Another rhyme, but I, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's just, I feel like low, I feel like low is the guy you want to root for all the time, but... His trajectory is not as constantly climbing as it used to, as it once was. I feel like he's got to, you know, maybe just break off and, you know, go to a big team like Checkmat. I mean, he's pretty much closing out with Bouchesha in every tournament. I think he should just join the team at this point, you know. Yeah. That way he can get some really good training partners and extend his training regimen. NS Brotherhood seems to be expanding. So maybe there are going to be more people to step up and take control. And maybe this could be Lowe's year to come back. We'll see. But. Definitely those top guys uh, in the division. Going to be interesting to see. Guys, I apologize. I got to run. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for having me once again, and uh, I'll talk to you next time. Always Here good, Ricardo. Ricardo. Talk yeah. to you next week, buddy. Well, uh, Lowe's problem has been obvious. It's, it, it's been his cardio. He hasn't been able to, to maintain the same pace. Lowe was always known for that crazy pace, about just spamming those Toriandos for an entire 10-minute match until he got the pass. And you've been seeing him sort of die off in these matches, you know, six, seven minutes in, and then just play close guard or whatever and uh, not really push the pace like he used to. But, okay. I mean, it's why fans love him, right? You know, he's known for just laying it all on the mat. Whenever Leandro finishes match, and uh, since I've been covering this with Flow Grappling since 2016, it didn't matter if it was round one or or the semifinal or the final. He would come off the mat and just collapse. I mean, it'd be over. He was just dying for the next five minutes. And that's how uh, much effort he puts into it. Maybe he has to make an adjustment. You know, he's turning 30 this year or has just turned 30. And, uh, you know, you can't always play the same way you did when you were 21, 22. So well, Keenan, I was talking. I'm, go- I'm going to visit Keenan next week. I was talking with him. There. He said, you know, he's doing Euros. He's doing who's number one. He said he's going to start competing a lot more this year. He said he's got some new new lapel tricks. He's ready to bust out. He okay. said he's got some new moves people don't know about. I think we're going to see if that's true. We're going to see. Uh, you know, when Keenan comes out with some new stuff, it, it takes it's a little adjustment period. That's what first he beat Low the first time, then Low figured out, beat him a bunch of times. Uh, another guy here that. Could really disrupt things. Felipe Pena. I think Felipe Pena is going to be at heavyweight. He hasn't fought Kainan. Any any of those four any uh, any of those four guys could win the world title. I say Kainan is top tier for sure. Then you got to put Pena down there. He won this weight two years ago. Won medium heavy last year. Keenan and Low. Keenan was a lot closer with Low at, at the World's Absolute than he had been in, in previous years. I you think, have to think the trajectory of Low and Keenan yeah, are exchanging. I, I, at this I think point. I think Keenan gets him next time. And, uh, I mean, this is a good way to Euros. This is, uh, if you pull up this way for Euros, it's got uh, 
Jackson Souza, Adam Wardzinski. It's got a whole bunch of who else we got? Don Bell, Fabio Kamikaze. Oh, Demetrius Souza, very underrated. Mm-hmm. That guy's been on the podium at Worlds three times. Fabio Lana was also in there. Uh, Marigoli's main training partner down there. Yeah, um, I think Keenan's got to be the favorite, but it, I mean. The Sean Coates guy is also yeah. a dark horse. He's a European athlete who I think has won Europeans uh, at the color belt level more than once. Um, and then we have uh, this Hagor Silva guy who's always present. Can, can, well, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be four four wins to win that division, and uh, you're going to have to beat some. Keenan's going to have to get through some tough guys. Adam, who he sort of blew through at uh, Euros two years ago. Jackson Souza is always a tough matchup. I hope him and Dom Bell ran into each other. You yeah. know, Dom's got that familiarity, not just for like the ex-teammate grudge thing, but you know, Dom's got intimate knowledge of, of Keenan's game. Yeah, and so I'm curious to see how that, that plays. Well, out. I mean, Demetrius Souza, uh, Adam obviously tapped uh, low and, and won a bunch of big uh, big stuff in his career. Jackson and uh, Demetrius Souza have been on the podium at a bunch of big tournaments. How he does against them at Euros will be a good uh, good test to see where Keenan's at because he has a question mark going into the year. Where he didn't compete that much last year. We all know he can beat all these guys, but I mean, this is going to be a good display at, at Euros to see where Keenan's at and what things are looking at like next season for him. Absolutely, heavyweight. Uh, lots of interesting, I guess, potential scenarios. We'll see what happens with Felipe Tritor. Pena. Oh, don't forget about Tritor. Tritor's on a roll right now. Vinicius Ferreira. Does he? He does heavyweight, right? He does heavy. War, he he headbutted Leandro DQ'd. Lowe. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking, but I uh, sort of lost his cool and headbutted Leandro, Leandro Lowe there. But uh, yeah. Uh, he beat Kynan. Tritor beat Kynan at, at the Brasileiro. He's the, he's the only guy heavyweight that knocked him off this year. Yeah, and had a, a couple of really impressive no-gi matches as well. Silver medalist at ADCC. Can't sleep on Trator. Um Heavyweight, Nacieli's division for female. Yeah, let's move it right along here. Yeah. Na- black belt female, Pound Nacieli. for pound, Nacieli, absolute champ. Nacieli should, uh, should run this weight. No, there's nobody that's going to challenge her here. We have the question mark of Claudia Duvall. Where does she end up? As you mentioned earlier, she bounces around. She could very well find herself uh, in the heavyweight division here, depending on you know she's very strategic. I feel like Claudia just looks at who signed up where, yeah, and picks but, her like, shot. But like she can't do that anymore, really, with ultra heavy because you got some got some killers up there now, or super heavy. I mean, for women, you got mm-hmm. Gabby Pisani is going to be up there. Yara Soares is going to be up there. It's going to be super heavy. It's going to be tough. I would like to see her face uh, Gabby Pisani. That'd be a, that'd be a cool match. All right. Uh, you so you want to just move? We're we're there right now. Let's move to the women's super heavy. Fight to win's got basically it's got the top two ranked girls at this weight fighting later this month. Fight to win. What what number is that? I think it's one twenty six. January yeah, one January twenty fourth in Los Angeles. One thirty six. Sorry. January twenty fourth yeah. in Los Angeles. Correct. Yes. Uh, Gabby Pisania and Gabby Garcia. Do not count out Gabby Pisania in this match. Everybody's saying, oh, it's Gabby Garcia. It's another easy match for her. Gabby's going to kill her. These people, these people just don't follow jiu-jitsu that well. Nacieli just beat Gabby Garcia in Fight to Win Rules. Uh, Gabby Pisania has beat Nacieli, I think, two or three times in the AJP last year. Gabby Pisania's been a prodigy at the lower belts. Uh, did double Grand Slam at Purple. Almost did it at Brown, but it was a match away. I I would not be surprised. I think Gabby's Pisania. I, I think she's going to take this fight to win match. But I, who knows? Maybe Gabby Garcia won pans last year. Maybe she comes back. Maybe she doesn't. But you got Gabby Gabby Pisania. You got uh, Yara Soares coming in. You probably got Jessica Flowers. Some other girls should be a tough division. As always, and moving along to uh, the men's super heavyweight division, one of the most intriguing divisions of all. We have none other at the top of the division than Nicholas Marigali Alamau. Uh, sorry, Ricardo, for my Portuguese there. That means German, though. And uh, what can you say about Nicholas, man? He's he's fighting uh, who's number one. Any chance he's going to slide into to Euros? What do you think? No, he's not doing Euros. Who's number one is his next event. But uh, the Euros, uh, we got uh, Gaugio's uh, all swolled up, and he's in there. You got Felipe Andrews in there at Euros. Felipe Andrew, okay. Man, actually, it's it's a super small division right now. There's it's tough. Only six guys in Felipe there. Felipe Trovo, yeah. Felipe Andrew, Jared Lubinsky. Uh well, you got Marigali, obvious favorite here, right? He sort of ran through things at, at this weight last year. He won double gold at the Brasileiro. He, uh, I don't know if he tapped his way through Worlds, but he basically did. Uh, if maybe he didn't tap one person, but yeah, no, he tapped one match. He didn't finish. Yeah, he tapped Tanner. He tapped Panza. He tapped Ali. Uh, he uh, tapped Felipe Andrew at the Brasileiro. He tapped Kine at Brasileiro. He he tapped basically. Like half of the pound for pound top twenty last this last year. You he's, said earlier in the show what was seventy seventy nine percent submission rate in his career. So he's the heavy favorite here for sure. His match, who's number one, is ultra heavy against Victor Hugo. But you got Ali, 
Ali says he. I mean, we we know he turned into Mega Ali for ADCC. He says he's going to be back at Super Heavy for eventually for Worlds and all of that. Ali just yeah, he beat up Marigali two years ago at Worlds 2018. Passed his guard. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Won the World Championship that year. Felipe Andrews, somebody. Felipe Andrew took it to Ali at Pans. Beat Ali 18 to two at Pans. Felipe Andrew also won the Euros and he sort of fell off near the end. He didn't fight this weight at Worlds. But yeah, this is a, there's always a question mark too. The specter. Of Herber Santos. What is Herber Santos going to do? You never know. He's a wild card, but on his day, when he's on his A game, Herber is uh, as savage as they come, one of the best in the world. Do you do, do we uh, do we see the return of Herbert this year, of prime Herber? I think you're going to see him back in tournaments. Prime Herber? I, I, I've sort of given up on that. I've, I've been wanting to see it back because he's super exciting when it's happening, but I think those days are gone, man. It's just... You he is to, young you get, though. He's only twenty five, I think. Yeah, but you get the thing at the World Pro. You get the thing at PGJ Stars. You get the thing at Spider. It's just happening like almost every time he competes. And uh, technically, is he on that level with Marigali? Uh, after taking a couple years off, where he was, who knows how his training was? His competing was really inconsistent. Is he still going to be able to beat Ali, like Felipe Andrew? Uh, I don't know. I don't. It'd be great to see him on that level again. Herbert's a guy who's who's beat Gaval, beat Bernardo Faria, beat Hamilo, beat Pergisa. He's beat Hall of Famers. It'd be nice to see him back on that level, but I've sort of lost faith in it at this point. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet, but you, like I said, you never know. Yeah, Herbert's a wild card. Also in the, in the super heavyweight division, we have Gutenberg Pereira, uh, as well as James Popolo, Victor Toledo, uh, Devante. Gutenberg's beat Ali a couple times. He's somebody to watch out for. Gutenberg kind of had an interesting year too. He's ended up over in Europe to to finish. I think out he's moving back to Brazil. Going me. back to Brazil. Yeah, think, yeah. going we'll back to his roots. We'll see how that affects his his training. Panza uh, only kind of pops up around world. Sometimes pans, I think, pan championships. But you got to say the biggest story is Marigali and who can take him on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would like to see a guy who just did spider i'd like to see Adolfo jump back in the mix in a super fight or something if we could get like a marigali hadolfo match going that's what we wanted at spider didn't didn't end up happening but it'd be nice to get that this year in a super That'd be fight. great yeah absolutely you know hadolfo anywhere would be phenomenal <laughs> yeah um okay we can have you, a few more minutes left here can you imagine marigali's face going to a hadolfo fight that'd be next level he'd be yeah uh, his head might explode it might and then hadolfo Nuclear. would be smiling chilling yeah hanging out he's so laid back um Rounding out the show then, the last division, the final preview, Michael. This must be a relief for you. We have the men's black belt ultra heavyweight, uh, of course, featuring the king himself, Marcus Buchecha Almeida. What is the status of the ultra heavies? Uh, well, you got Buchecha that only does worlds, right? Uh, but he shows up and he wins it every year. I was, We were hoping to get a rematch between him and, him and Joao Gabriel at worlds. A lot of people... This is sort of a result that uh, doesn't exist out there that people sort of forgot about. But Joao Gabriel beat Buchecha by an advantage at BGA Stars in their last meeting. That's right. Buchecha uh, ran through this division at Worlds this year. Uh, tapped uh, Evangelista in the final. I believe he tapped Max Jimenez in the semifinal. But, 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 okay, you got Joao Gabriel coming back. Somebody to watch in this division is Victor Hugo. Victor Hugo, as we said, is fighting Marigali. Who's number one? This is a guy who won worlds at six times between purple and brown belt, two absolutes, four four at the weights uh, between the, those belts, and I think uh, I think you're not going to see Joao Gabriel or, or Buchecha until later in the season, probably at worlds. And I think Victor Hugo is going to run things until then. I don't think he's doing Euros, but I think there's a good shot he wins pans and goes in with some steam. And Victor Hugo is a beast, man. He's very big. He's got a good guard. He's got great submissions. He's got a very high level guard. Uh, for an ultra heavy that you don't really see that often. A lot of these guys, it's just like who gets on top is going to win. Like Buchecha <laughs> gets on top of these guys and then just shreds their guards. Victor Hugo's guard is very good, very flexible, almost plays a guard like a little guy being like 6'6 and 250 pounds. So it'll be interesting to see him in there mixing it up with these guys. Absolutely. Well, guys, that takes us through the 2020 Gi season preview. Uh, but before we get carried away and sign off here, uh, we want to remind you guys that the 2019 Flow Grappling Awards, will, the winners will be announced tomorrow. That is January 9th at uh, 12 p.m. CST. That's 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we're going to break down those four categories that we have. Best male athlete, best female athlete, best submission, and best match. Uh, some great, great categories there. And we're excited to deliver those those announcements. 
stay tuned. We'll have who's number one next week, the same time. Same time next week. And uh, that's just the last show before European Championships. We'll be on the road after that. Yeah, next week we're going to get crazy. The next week the uh, divisions will be official for Euro, so I, I think we'll see some more big names slide in, in the next few days, and we'll uh, be able to talk more about Euros. We'll see. Uh, we'll be able to get into what's going to go on there, and also who's number one in the event. Flow Grappling Ticks, TIX.com. If you're in California, Kasai coming up. Three fight to wins. Big month for us here. It's going to be busy. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week on Who's Number One.